So my brothers and sisters, I'd like to just take this gospel uh, and present parts of it to you today for your thinking and your prayer. So this is going to be more of a meditation, I hope, than a homily, but maybe something that we might just then reflect on for our, our day or week that's ahead. First, Jesus hears that this friend, Lazarus, is ill. And he delays. He doesn't go right away. He doesn't go to rescue Lazarus immediately. And in that time, Lazarus dies. And so they go down to Jerusalem at a risk. Because at this time, the heat was on. Jesus was becoming more and more and more of an aggravation to the Jewish people. And they were ready to stone him. They wanted him gone. He perturbed their teaching. He made too much sense. He cured too many people. The Jews were afraid that somehow he would take from them something that they had, a persuasion or a hold over people because this man claimed to be the Messiah. The Messiah. So long awaited. But Jesus says, I know that. I know they're going to do that. But let's go. So down to Jerusalem they go. And Martha and Mary are there. What do they say to Jesus? Lord, if you had been here, if only, wouldn't you say that? I certainly would. Lord, where were you? If only you had been here. Brothers and sisters, we got to remember that. That's the first teaching, I think. Maybe the second. When we question, that's a good thing. There's power in our questioning. There's, 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 there's a sense of caring and love and support by our questions. So don't give up on that. Don't be afraid. Ask questions. If you doubt, you doubt. They doubted. Where were you? Why weren't you here for my brother? And Jesus says to them, I'm the resurrection and the life. Trust me. Have confidence in me. Martha and Mary were dark. Martha and Mary lost their brother. As a matter of fact, many scripture scholars say this today about Lazarus. This shocked me when I first heard it. Lazarus, his best friend, the person to whom he did the most 
unbelievable miracle in all four Gospels. This is it, my brothers and sisters. Raising someone from the dead. This was the one. This man, most likely, was a special needs person. Believe that or not. Why do we say that? Because it's the village of Martha and Mary. In the Jewish tradition, that just wasn't possible. The women were never claiming to own the home or the village or the place. So there must have been something wrong with Lazarus that Martha and Mary, his sisters, they were the ones who claimed the village. Think about that. The Son of God. Listen to this now. The Son of God becomes flesh. Preaches, teaches, but awaits his greatest miracle in all four of the Gospels. There's nothing more than this one. And who does he give it to? To Lazarus, a special needs person who he loves with all his heart. That astounds me. His friend, his best friend. You figure that. So what does he do? He weeps. Cries. Because he loved this man. He loved Martha and Mary. Our Lord literally cries. I don't know about you. I shouldn't be comparing because I'm much older than all of you. But somehow, someway, in these last years of my life, I've been given that gift the gift of tears. I never had it before. I'd go through the fires of hell and I'd be as cool as a cucumber. Now I cry over everything. <laughs> I'm weeping half the time. I cry at funerals. I cry at weddings. I cry when I'm talking to people. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's also healthy, I think, to get it out. To show our vulnerability. To manifest our love. Jesus wept. So if he got the gift of tears, I think we should be grateful. Grateful. He goes to the tomb. And he says... Roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. And Martha and Mary say, but Lord, this guy's been dead for four days. There's going to be this, you know, it's hot. It's a desert, you know. It's going to be the stench. Why do they say that? Because he was dead. This was the real thing. He wasn't just in a slumber or in some kind of a coma. 
He was dead. Roll away the stone. And then in order to make sure that everyone understood why he did this, he prays to his father and says, come out. Lazarus, come out. But brothers and sisters, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. But in the midst of darkness, in the midst of struggle, when we're ill, when we're disappointed, when we've lost a love, when our children are somehow all mixed up, whatever that tragedy is in our life, we've got to believe that our Lord takes us right by the hand and never lets us go. We must believe that. If we don't believe that, brothers and sisters, I don't think there's much hope left for us. I think we're all going to be wandering the face of this earth pretty sullen and pretty sad. So somehow, he teaches Martha and Mary and us, even amidst all that, roll away the stone, Lazarus, come out. And then finally, he says something I want us all to consider and think about this week. Unbind him. Let him go free. What's binding you and what's binding me? What keeps us in the tomb? What holds us back? What are we afraid of? What is it that disallows us from being the person that we know God wants us to be? I am sure, my brothers and sisters, that in all of our lives, if we really look at it, there's something, something somewhere it's binding us, holding us back, not allowing us to be the person that God wants us to be. So why don't you and I do this? Why don't we try to think this week about the struggle of our life, about the joys of our life, about this great story of Jesus and his beloved friend Lazarus. And ask ourselves, what do we need? What holds us tight? Is it an addiction? Is there something we're afraid to face? Is it a fear? Is there something inside you and me that just says we're not worthy of it? Someone just asked me this morning to give a, a homily at a funeral. And I said, oh, God, I can't do that. I, 
I, I fear things. And as a, as a result of it, I, I miss opportunities of grace and gift and blessing. We've got to stop that. We have to stop that. We have to be set free. We've got to be allowed to go do it. Even though it may cost us. And even though we might feel a little bit embarrassed by it. But do it. Go do it. Go do it. So, there's my seventh homily. I pray this week that you and and I both understand what this miracle cost Jesus. It cost him his life. Do you know that? This was the one that took him down. It was way beyond. It caused admiratio. It caused a furor. And it caused the Jews of his time to take him to his death. So brothers and sisters, that's what we have ahead of us. We have this week. And then we begin the holiest week of the year. I can't believe it. <laughs> Easter in two weeks can be literally that. But there it is. It caused him to die. And he knew it. Do you think he wanted it? No way. But he knew he had the power. And he refused to hide it. He refused not to do it. He had the courage and the grace from his father. So my brothers and sisters, I pray for that for each one of us. Give us courage, Lord. Give us, take fears out of our lives. Allow us to be who we know God calls us to be. Let's go out. Let's make a difference. Let's do our best, as our Lord did, to change this world. God bless you. I love you. Let's enjoy these last couple of weeks together. Amen. Amen.